Welcome to the Better of Running podcast. My name is Chris Armstrong. Look, we have an absolutely massive episode, so we need not one, but two co-hosts tonight. Joined by Zach and Newman, as always, and fresh off seven weeks of racing in Europe, Jimmy Hansen, how are you both guys? Yeah, really good, Chris, though. It's been a while. Good to be back. Mate, we're in uh, amongst royalty here, having Jimmy. It's uh, You know it's a big episode when we got to wheel out Jimmy Hansen. At any time that we lead off with our special host, as opposed to bringing them in, you know, it's a special, special episode. So now looking forward to, to hearing all about the, I guess, the adventures in Europe. Saw glimpses of it on Instagram. I know um, Big Mitch was a big fan of Jimmy's work while he was over there. He was bringing us a bit of live footage and some photos and some updates. But uh, yeah, looking forward to delving a bit deeper into all the ins and outs and, and how it all went. Yeah, looking forward to chatting about it. Boys, yeah, it, was a, it was you go, Zaka. I was just going to say, um, for those we we do this often, where I talk about the virtual screen that no one can see, but uh, I've actually got uh, the the background of Jimmy with the uh, the gun show after winning uh, the Lonnie. I reckon it was a Lonnie race. Um, yeah, so those guns, mate. I know if anyone's following you on Instagram, they'll uh, they'll be familiar with a couple of your celebrations and uh, those bikes. Steps, mate. I'm, I've been uh, in the gym trying to emulate your good self and uh, maybe hit you up a little bit later for some more tips. Yeah, no, it's a bit of an ego boost, Zacco, but I was I was actually talking today <laughs> about when you dropped me at um Langford's Gap back in the day. So I need I need I need a background of you. I'm <laughs> talking about you... the most cooked I've ever been. <laughs> funny you always come up with that one at the end of the month when um when we start to do the um do the pays for the coaches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just try to get a little extra in there. Yeah. That's that a true pose. story, though. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> it is hard to believe that uh, I've put away a 1331 guy over the 5K now. <laughs> I want to say, well, last week you were pacing um, Jeff Risley around in the session, too, mate. So, certainly, like, it's not just a few years ago you've got some scouts. You took another one last week. Yeah, Jimmy's um, old training partner, Jeff Risley. I've. Uh, Jeff's been, I was going to say I've been uh, putting Jeff to the sword, but he's actually <laughs> been, uh, flying around. As you know, uh, Jimmy, he's a um, guy that just, if you run next to him, you just, you can't look any good because he is so smooth. Oh, yeah, he's a Rolls, he's a Rolls Royce. Like, if you think about <laughs> yeah. the type of runner he is, like, literally, like, Jaguar Ferrari, like, he is a beautiful mover. Yeah, I'm in the Datsun. That's a Toyota Corolla sort of level with uh, next to the Rolls Royce. Do you um you obviously do obviously you've been overseas and racing and training, but some of your old training part, like are you still in touch with some people, maybe like Jeff and that, who have I guess you know Jeff's still running, but um, I guess not in the sport, but are they, you still hear from them that are following your journey as as well. Yeah, definitely. Like I mean. Me and Jeff obviously don't chat as much as we did back in the day. Like it's definitely different our relationship mm. now, but touch base every so so often and check in and um yeah, it's just good having guys like that around. And it's interesting because it's like I guess the conversation as you're getting old is going less away from running and just you know friends, which is mm. which is nice as well because it's like we've ex- we shared all that and that's what brought us together, but longer term i guess it's just about being mates and you know as you leave the sport i think you want to leave that 
that kind of section behind a little bit as well. So, um, yeah, he's he's someone that had a huge influence on me early days and, you know, just really um, gave me every opportunity to become the best I could as a runner and mentor me and, yeah, very appreciative for what he, he did with me when I was younger. So some of your first trips to Europe would have been with Jeffa. Yeah. My first trip ever to, um, to Europe was with Jeffa. So he opened up that, that whole thing to me. Like I just, first time I went over was just to be his training partner. So, um, and yeah, he like showed me a whole new world. Like, you know, see, I guess when you see that level, because I was around the year 2014 when he, I think he got maybe two fourths at Glasgow Com Games and he was in ridiculous shape. But I guess seeing that level of training really inspired me just to keep getting better with my training. And it's, yeah, it's something I really look on, look back on um, something pretty fun because I've never been able to, you know, I guess Jeff's the most elite athlete that I've been able to be around with and seeing his training when I was younger was something that really inspired me to lift my levels and help me get to where I've got to. So it's been big with that. I, I, you know, I, I've only done a few runs with him previously, like over the journey. And then the last few weekends, just been some random sessions together. And I've just, even at the, these small insights I've had with him and so, so small sessions with him, uh, you can see the kind of guy he would be like very inspiring to be around highly motivated, like his energy levels are there. And it'd be, he'd be such a good guy when he was at his top game to be, to be next to on the road and, and doing workouts with. Yeah. And he was one of those guys that just made the people around him better. Mm. He drove you to that level. You know, it was like little things like getting a training on time. Like he wouldn't say anything, but he just, the way he operated at the high level brought you to that high level as well. So, mm. um, yeah, it was, it was a cool journey and definitely has had a big impact on me longer term with the way I prepare, the way I do things, even with injuries and physios and stuff like that. Like he really taught me, you know, you can't waste time with stuff like that. Um, yeah. So just little things like that, that when you see that it's, it's really inspiring. And I think brings the best out of everyone around you in those group situations. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, and then I keep you know, keep in touch with other guys like Tommy Forthorpe, mm-hmm. um, Zach Pato. Like we usually catch up when I'm in Melbourne, so always great just to have that that check back in with the boys, and um, you know, always talk about the training days with yeah. with fond memories. So um, I miss those boys. Like it's hard because I haven't I haven't trained with them, and I you know you have I think you've probably you and Chris I've had it. You have those people in your life where it's just you have such a good connection with them, and mm-hmm. you um. You just, it's more than the running. It's just that connection you have with the the people around you. It makes you enjoy it so much more. And yeah, um, yeah it's, it's special. And you miss those days, like guys like Joshy Harris and yeah, yeah. stuff like that, that you have, you know, you really push yourself with, but also just have that, that strong connection with as well, which makes the sport fun and probably the most important thing really at the end when you look back on it. Uh, well put, mate. Well put. Hey, um, we're going to go a bit more into the Europe about your racing because we understand you had oh yeah, seven races in seven weeks. So we'll go into that. But uh, Chris, you got a couple of questions about uh, Jimmy's coaching at the moment because he's um, smashing it on that front as well. Yeah, absolutely. Jimmy, how, how is the coaching going? How's the crew? Like, how did, whilst you were in Europe, how did you find sort of keeping in touch with the guys and yeah, what sort of races they've been up to? Yeah, it's been really good, Chris. O. like, um, it's actually 
good to have the coaching while you're away as well. I think it just it kind of brings you back a lot, especially because I coach myself and, you know, you're t- telling people to do stuff. I think it just gets you in that mindset of what a coach needs to do and how you need to operate yourself. So, um, yeah, it's been really good. Had some Had some really positive results recently. I've spoken quite a bit about um, Emily Fodden and we've been for ages trying to break the 90-minute barrier for half marathon and she got so close on a number of times and then finally at um, Rum Melbourne smashed it. So got 127.56, which was a massive, massive break. breakthrough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like so to go over two minutes under a PB, like we knew it was there, but it was just um, – it was just putting that performance on the board. So for her to finally get a time which reflects the athlete that she is was really exciting and, you know, set the sights at sub-125 now. And, um, yeah, that was – that's really promising. Just to have those breakthroughs, you you want it – I think it's more – almost more exciting than your own stuff when you see how long that journey's been to get there. So um, that was huge. And then another runner that I've been working with, um, Brent Howard, so what he ran 127.09, which wasn't too far off his PB at Run Melbourne, but he's kind of come back from a bit of a stint where he's been a fair way off his best. So working with him, we're running Melbourne Marathon together as well. So just seeing that, seeing those, he progressed really quickly. Um, that was probably outside what we thought he'd run. So that was really exciting as well. And then I've got a few um, runners to Michael Preece. So mm-hmm. He won the John Burke Memorial. So I think that was in Bendigo, around Bendigo. It was a 6.5K race and he um, he beat quite a few good runners to take that out. So he's he's done work with me over the last couple of years and has just started off. He's a really strong track runner, but we've really worked on his aerobic base and he's got his 10K PB down and really seeing that progress. And he did that, he did that the same way he had a baby as well. So that was... That was pretty impressive. Um, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Hey, mate, um, what are you learning as a coach now? Because you've, you've been coaching for a while. Is there some things that are shining through that, I guess, since you started coaching to now uh, that you've probably learned along the journey? Um, it's a good question. Like, I just think, I'm trying to think, like, I think it's just I'm trying to think how to put it. Like the probably probably the biggest thing I'm learning is just the it's it's all about consistency and um, athletes just continually I guess trusting the process, following the plan, not mm-hmm. rushing things, like not cutting corners at all, and just realizing that it's not. I guess aerobic work and that's basically what we're doing. It's a, it takes a long time, but if you're patient and you put the time in and you're consistent, even if it's not, it doesn't need to be a hundred percent consistency, but if you like at least I'd say 80 to 90% consistent, um, those are the athletes that I see get the, the greatest results. And then also with their bodies, just injuries as well. So I think as a coach, a big part of it is, finding the ways to keep the athletes motivated, finding ways to keep them on the track and then just trusting the process that if they put the work in over a long period of time, um, they'll get the results. Cause yeah, I think it's a very simple sport um, in the fact that if you do the work, you have good 
prince training principles that you're following and you can stay injury free you're gonna you're gonna get results long term so that's um that's probably that's probably been the big the big thing for me and it's it, it, it is a challenge because um there is times that um you'll have athletes and they'll just go missing i'm sure you boys have had it as well and mm. it's it's hard to approach that because it's like i don't i never want to be someone to put pressure on that mm. but if that's someone's really if that's someone's goal you need to put pressure on it because you i guess we can see it from a wider angle in the sense that it's like if you just stay if you just stick at this for you know two three months we can build so much further than if you're one week your foot's in half a step in and then the next week it's out it's just so hard to build build progress so i guess that's that's what i'm learning but that's the challenge as well for me and something that i need to get better at yeah so for yourself jimmy do you find it difficult where like because you are looking after your own running where you know you're very comfortable passing the message along to other runners, like, "Hey, we need a recovery week." Like, I, I can see you're tired. You need to absorb all the stuff that you're doing. How do you find telling that to yourself? Like, so you know, you sort of got a lot of real big goals at the moment. Obviously, a, yeah. a massive block over in Europe. But how good are you at listening to your own body? Yeah, Chris, it's um it's definitely a challenge because I guess you get hyper motivated, and when you're in control of your own training, you're like, "Oh." Could I push that a little bit more? Um, I feel like I'm pretty good at keeping my taper weeks consistent and I'll usually align them with a race, which I think that for me forces me to really pull it back. And I think those weeks where I'm freshening up during the week and then have the race, even though I'm racing and getting a hard stimulus, it kind of forces me to always keep that that volume down and um yeah, just just I guess focusing on that recovery. Really easy days. Like I'm very big on listening to listening to myself on the easy days. So I think that's been huge for me as well because I've found in the past if I try to jog too hard on my easy days, that's when I've usually come unstuck. So just really going, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, they're my hard days, and then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they're my recovery days. And also for me, like I have a full day off on Sunday. So that's been, that's been huge for me in the sense that I'm forced to take a day off once a week. It's what I do. And I've just found that absorbs so much load during the week. So, um, when you say but, you're, just a quick one on the easy running, like the slow recovery runs, you're a 13, 31, 5k guy, 28, oh, what a 28, 20. Uh, yeah. Uh, what what pace are we talking on that uh, easy 50, 60 minute run? Pace. Just depends how I'm feeling, Zach. Like, mm. I mean, it could be like, it's not rare for me to be doing five minute Ks. And if I'm feeling really average, like I've ran as slow as 5.30, sometimes 5.45. I've even seen sixes on there. So it's just really listening to my body on those days and going, what am I feeling? Um you know, like I don't, I mean, if you start at a six, hopefully that's the first K and then you progress into it. Yeah. But Mate, it's, it's music to our ears because Chris and I get on here pretty much every week and try to get all this message that people should run slower and easier and recover and, and leave the hard days for the hard days. So, yeah, the hard days. So, it's a lot of nodding going on on the uh, on the cameras here for me, Chris. Straight yeah. into the Hall of Fame, Jimmy. Straight into the Hall of Fame comments <laughs> like that. Welcome. Oh yeah, that. I just think <laughs> it's it's just one of those things, and yeah, I think you just want to let your body 
roll out on those days, you're not you're not going to get a lot, especially if you're training hard on those other days, you're not going to get a lot out of going hard. So I think that's because I definitely do push the boundaries a bit and I have to, I feel like I have to, if I want to get better, but you know, I think creating habits, which force you to pull yourself back is really, really important and easy runs a day off once a week. They're just examples of ways you can do that. I think. I'm guessing mentally and you've made peace with, yourself and the results shown that you can just go yeah i switch off i don't care if other my competitors are running four rows on those days but i'm running five it doesn't really matter because i'm i'm with them on race day Uh, yeah and i i think just just learning from experience as well zaka like i i did it a few times and i cooked myself um Mm -hmm. and it took cooking myself a few times just to go (laughs) what's the point because if you cook yourself then week two weeks like I think one time I was like just cooked for ages and you know you miss a month you're much better off missing a month and pulling your runs back a bit than just being on that edge and and doing that so I like it um let's take let's go to Europe and you're back when did you come back in when did you fly in I saw uh you've got a few jogs with uh Dougie Hammerlock in there so it must be good to very reunited yeah. with him. So you're back yeah. in town. Good to be back with Dougie and a few of the boys. Um, yeah, good to be home. I got back it's like Friday a week ago. Mm-hmm. So I've been back for like 10 days now, I think, which is pretty freaky. Um, but, yeah, like it was, it was a good trip, a couple PBs. I left pretty – a little bit frustrated. Um, I think I maybe tried to force it a bit with racing too much, but it's it's difficult getting in races over there. And I felt like I was just a matter. I was just like the right race, the right conditions away from having a really big breakthrough. I knew there was something special there. So that's why I raced over race. And I was really competitive in all my, all my races against great guys, raced guys well above my standard. But yeah, just probably didn't have that breakthrough. I wanted, but I've never seven, been that consistent. Seven races in seven weeks. So I, uh, Chris has done some stats here. Four 1500s that were sub 340. And then you had a, and there was a PB of 33755. Five. Uh, with those 15s and even any of those races, like how many had you actually locked in for your left? Like you, you flying in and then you're working with Sean Whip now. And how are you, how are you going about? planning uh, seven weeks or week by week, day by day? Like, how does it all work? Yeah, so initially, I think me and Whip had about four races locked in. Mm-hmm. And I raced my first race in Finland. And I guess I'd come from doing a lot of road stuff. And I felt so fit in that first 1500, but I just didn't have the um, race fitness. So it was just like, there was literally a race in Belgium on the Saturday. And I was like, oh, I was up high on, high on nodos from the race <laughs> one o'clock in the morning i think we were getting up at 2 45 that next morning i'm like laying there with my eyes like literally on the ceiling and i was like you know i'm like stuff and i'm gonna message the meet director for this other race and that was like three days later um because i felt like i needed to get race fit again so there was a little bit of that there was a little bit of as we go but then we had it we did have a plan but then i probably put a bit extra in there in between as we'll see because you you often don't see what 
races are going to look like until maybe t- two weeks out. And then like the Belgium races, for instance, is an app and you'll just get on that app and then, you know, there might be one, three, 40 guy. And then a couple of days later, you look on the app, there's like, you know, there's like Cooper tears on the, on the start list. Yeah. And, um, you know, like six sub three thirty five guys in this random meet in Belgium. So you're like, it's an hour, like it's an hour train away. Like, why wouldn't I race this? So mm. it's hard to, um, it's hard to say no to that stuff as well, because you're like, this could be my opportunity. And then if it's not, you're like, Oh, I couldn't have raced, but you just don't know which race is going to be that one. So. Does it like having a, a, a Vic Milers on steroids every night of the week available within an hour or two hours away from, you know, where you're based? Pretty much. Yeah. Like, I mean, the stuff on probably like two to three times a week, and yeah, I didn't even go over there with any intention for fifteen hundreds. But then when I ran my three thirty seven five, I felt so good. I haven't finished that well for a long time. And um, then you're just like, oh, you know, like one of the races, like Cooper's running, I better better run it. Yeah. And then um, you know, it's not always the not always the right answer. I feel like I think I learned a lot from that. That probably stick to a bit more of a plan and not worry too much about that stuff. But. It's a tough balance. Yeah, it's a tough balance. Like I think you've got to be flexible as well because if you know it's going to be a cyclone, um, you know, if you can make decisions to get into different races, it's probably worth it too because you you are just chasing times over there really because until you get the time, you're not getting in the big races anyway. So it's a it's kind of a different mindset as well. Of the, of the races that you'd entered, mate, like you mentioned there, chasing a time, was there sort of of those four that you'd entered – prior was there one that you'd sort of really earmarked as like this is the one or it was just hey i've got four opportunities and i'm going to give it 110 percent and you know hopefully it all comes together and i get that breakthrough yeah so the big one that i targeted was the houston 5k that was so that was like halfway through my trip so i'm like i'll be adapted everything will be going well so i was expecting to get in a race where there was you know low 13 guys like when i first saw it I was sitting probably like 15th, 16th on the list. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll get, I'll probably get squeezed in. Then like two days before the list come out and I'm in the C race for it. Um, third, like I wasn't even the fastest qualifier in the C race. Like I was third, third in the C race. So it was, it was deep, but the like, it was like pace for 1330. And I felt like I needed to be in a 1315, 1320 pace race. Um, so that's where I ran my PB, but, um, it was like stuff like that does get a little bit frustrating at times because you're like, you know, you're in the shape, everything's going well, you've got your body on the, and then it's like something that's not really in your control affects that. And mm. yeah, that, that did frustrate, that does frustrate me a little bit when you get over there. Cause it's, it's, and it's, you know, I guess there's not, it's my fault cause I haven't run the times yet, but when you feel like you've got that breakthrough and you're not given the opportunity, it can get a little bit difficult at times with that sort of stuff, even mentally, even when mentally rocking up on the line and you're in the C race, it's hard to, it's hard to feel like it's a big deal, even though it potentially is your big opportunity. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard for me, Chris, though, to relate 
<laughs> so being in a sea race and running 13.31. Uh, looking at results, like, it must it was bloody close because three guys ran 1331. You were third. Um 1332. Yeah, like geez, even what 10th was 1353. <laughs> so in a C race. Like it was it's crazy. Yeah. A lot of um different flags I'm seeing here, Eritreans, the Finns, Italians, like you, you, you're mixing it up with just people who were obviously in the same boat chasing the dream and over there having a crack at um yeah get those PBs and get the times lower. Yeah, I think we had like the Chilean national record holder in the yeah. 5K. So it's like Rio sub, Carlos. Sub, 20, <laughs> sub 28, man. So yeah. um, like, yeah, really good depth. I guess it's just more the could have been a great race. With the, you know, like I guess when you pay 66s, it's hard to churn that other one out. And it's like, yeah, but it's all, it's all cool experiences, like awesome meets and, gained a lot from it i've just got to knuckle down now you know try to hit that next level within the next next six to nine months if i want to if i want to be any chance for for paris which um yeah it'll be it's going to be a good challenge with all of those races going on mate obviously seven in seven weeks what what did a normal training week like i suppose normal's probably not even close to the right word but how did you structure your training around all of those races and I guess a bit of the unpredictable nature of it all? Yeah, so I had to be quite smart. I guess quite smart in the way that I kept my fitness going. So I was um, doing basically sessions after the race. So I'd hit my – I'd hit like say K reps after the 1500s each week and then I'd be like, well, that set me up for next week in the sense that I don't need that variable, I guess for it because i mean you're only getting with with a 1500 you're getting 1500 and a lot of them i was pulling up fairly well and it's like well i can get volume here so i'd get a good session out after the race and then i'd have sunday off and then what i was doing is i'd do monday session and i'd hit that reasonably solid as well because that would then give me i guess five days to recover and then i'd be like tuesday just normal run wednesday would be more of like your taper sessions or something maybe like four by K two by 400. And then I'd have Thursday, Friday recovery to really freshen up. So it was like, I'd hit the front end of the week really hard to try to keep that fitness going, but then also keep the back end of the week really easy to get that freshening up, which I felt worked really well because I was going into the races feeling good, but, um, yeah, like the Monday workout was quite challenging after a race and stuff like that. So, are you um, so what Aussies are you with, or you, you're mixing it up with other uh, athletes from other countries? How are you, how is that sort of working for you? Because you know, I could imagine it'd be pretty lonely at times if you're, you're doing, you know, traveling to a race, then jumping out and doing a session after as a coming back late, and you know, like there's no real structure to it. How, how does that work with, with other people? Yeah. So I had, um, so me and Matt Clark room together in Belgium. So that was, that was really good because he's team tempo as well. And we get on really well. And I guess it just makes you feel like you've got that, your person, I guess over there that you just, you don't feel alone. It's like we couldn't get much training together just because of the races and the way things were working. So really we did maybe one, one or two sessions in the seven weeks together just because 
you know, it was just the way it worked out really in the end with races because I had to do Monday sessions and I guess we're kind of training different things as, as well in a way. So that was good. And then I had Lynn and Richo come over. So they were over for like 10 days. So that was awesome. Like they drove me to the Houston 5k and there was like heaps of other Aussies over there. So you never felt, you never felt alone at all. Um, had, just just for the listeners who may not know Lynn and Richo, <laughs> that's an old, it's a, junior coach of yours or uh richo's like richo's been like a mentor of mine mm-hmm. for a long time so um he was jeff's coach back in the day yep. and then yeah he's like helped me heaps with my training but like they've helped me a lot in life as well and helped number of athletes like richo's had a lot to do with you know obviously setting up jeff mm-hmm. i think he had a lot to do with like geordie williams back in the day who was another really good junior if you haven't heard of him and you know i think he made a final at com games as well so went on to do big things so richo's had a a lot to do with a lot of different young athletes but then you know he's just a great person like they let me i lived at theirs for two years in melbourne just in the back of the bungalow so (laughs) awesome people Um, and the people in this that yeah they're just sort of unsung heroes in a way because they just give so much to, to athletes and support so many people along the way. That's, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, Chris, we've got a couple of questions that came in from uh, from the head on show, from uh, the CEO, Brady. He, um, he had, uh, Jimmy, what did you learn over there and what, does, what do you need to do to make that next jump? Um, yeah, obviously, next jump, he's talking probably, yeah. Uh, making teams, et cetera. What are you, what are you uh, thinking there? A big thing I learned, you can't force it at all. That was a big one for me because I felt like I was in great shape. But then you, it's like you put this expectation on yourself. If you don't do it, you're a failure. And I just had to, like, by the end, just realise, get in the race, relax, run it how, run it how the race goes. Don't overthink it too much. Just let this happen and if it comes it comes if it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really matter it's just kind of make the opportunities and i guess that's what we all i'm sure you guys have found it in some of your best races you never force it do you when it actually comes so i think it's just relaxing in that regard and i think obviously with the over racing and stuff like that was like me trying to force it because i'm like i've got to do it here so that was a that was a huge one for me just you know just trusting the process and and letting things roll and if things don't go your way just it doesn't matter really it's move on and keep keep doing the work and do what do what you believe in you know like a probably in retrospect i might have done an attitude block or something like that to break it up have you done any i mean obviously you've been to falls and you've done have you done any overseas blocks in altitude no, I've never done overseas, but I do I do have an altitude tent. So okay. I do I do a bit of that before I go away. Mm-hmm. So I found that beneficial. But yeah, I'd love to do love to do an altitude stint before I go because yeah, it definitely helps. It's helped me a lot. I feel like I'm a good responder to it and Yeah. And and just on, yeah, that next step, like obviously, yeah, consistency, keep keep showing up. But is there any anything else you've pinpointed that you know maybe you can really zeroing on to get that next breakthrough yeah i'm just gonna keep 
keep trying to just step up, step up the training. Um, started experimenting with a bit of double threshold training and stuff like that. So that's got me really excited. It's like something different that it just makes sense to me that that's going to make you better. So I'm looking forward to giving that a go and I know just keep, keep pushing my limits. Like I want to, I'd love to make a team, but you know, at the end of the day, I just want to explore what my potential is and if that's not a team, it doesn't matter. I know, I know, I've, I know, I know I give it a hunt. Like I know I give, couldn't give it anymore. Like really some of the stuff, I, sometimes I'm like, it's crazy. Like, you know, up early working eight and a half hours a day, not getting home till nine thirty. Like, it's like, I can't really put more time into it, but yeah. if there's smarter ways to do it, I want to explore that and see, hopefully the years of aerobic stuff pay off and, and we, um, and hit that next level in the five in the five k because my quality of sessions is definitely there. I just don't feel like I've put the race in the Lonnie ten that ten k. That was like more than what I thought I'd run, but um, but like my five k, my fifteen hundred, I feel like that that lacks what my potential is in terms of my training. So I'd just love to put one on the board that reflects, I think, the work I've done and what I can run. So. Yeah, and, and I don't know, if you, you look at what you've achieved you know, in your career as a runner, but then let's almost go back to, you know, the issues you had off the track and potentially being told that, you you know, you may not be able to run again. And and does that, when you're out there in the, in the dark or you're coming home at night, you know, you're going to pump out another run, like does that creep into the thoughts of like, wow, this is like another chance to, to at this and I'm going to keep giving it a my all? Yeah, I think so. I think it always, um, like, I probably don't think about it enough, but sometimes you just, I don't know, like sometimes you race, and especially when I was over there racing every week, you're getting burnt out and you're like, I don't want to, I don't, you know, you're nervous. You're like, oh, again, like that feeling, like you got to test your limits. Yeah. And you're like, I don't want to do this. And then sometimes I'd like my mind would actually creep back and go, like, wow, like imagine if you, like at one stage I did have a paralyzed arm for, mm -hmm. it wasn't for long, but it, long enough that you don't know if you're ever going to get that back. And you're like, imagine if you had that, how much you dream of having what you have right now. Like you would have just dreamed of having this moment. So I think it was, there was a few times that I caught myself going, you got to be grateful right now. You're traveling on the other side of the world. You've you know, like you're getting this opportunity. Yes, it might be going exactly how you planned it to go, but just be grateful for for what you've got. So I think it's it's so good for me in that sense, just to ground myself back to to what it, you know, what you could have had. Because yeah, it's um, it is crazy, and I forget about it a lot. That it's so hard as as athletes, and at your level, where you're just pushing the you know, pushing the limits day in day out, and you do. I'm sure, yeah, when you were coming back, you were being driving past people running and you weren't running and you were just thinking, I just want to go out and run for 20 yeah. minutes. And now, you know, you run 13, 31 and you're like, oh, geez, you know, <laughs> I wish I was in the B race. Like, it's, yeah. it's crazy, but that's just how we're wired. Like, you know, you, in the moment now, you're wanting to get the best out of yourself. But, yeah, it's it's so hard to, to sort of take a step away. And I guess 
some instances, if you take a step away and become too too grateful, you'd be like, oh, I'll just rest on my laurels. I won't get out the door. Let's just celebrate what we've done. But yeah, it's just yeah, it's, it's, it's an a interesting, real challenge. It's an interesting balance because I guess, like, I think for me, the more my mind's free, the better I run. But then at the same time, like you say, it's like, I mean, yeah, getting out for 20 minutes, it's like you've got to have that sense of unsatisfied as well to just keep driving yourself. So it's a it's an interesting balance, I find, with that. Because, like, it's race day, it's like I need to be completely free. But then in terms of my training, it's like I need to be constantly wanting more. And, yeah. With the, awesome, mate. So with, with the trip, mate, obviously seven weeks in Europe is probably not the, the cheapest thing you can ever do. How did the trip come about, mate? Was there some support from some sponsors or um, like some family, some friends? Like, how did how did it all come together? Yeah, so it was um it was pretty good. So, like, I was fortunate enough to get some sponsors on board this year that have you know helped me. I guess just fund my athletics day to day because it can be quite expensive just interstate trips. But then, um, I. I did it a few years ago. I saw there's like a website called Australian Sports Foundation and it's basically where you um, where you put your bio up and you just – people can donate and um, it's like tax deductible. And, yeah, I like ended up raising I think $12,000 on that. So wow. that, was, that, that was phenomenal. I had, you know, someone pay for my flights over there, which was, you know, four grand. So my whole trip was was covered by, you know, pe- basically people in the community that wanted to support me. So that that also was, you know, I guess one of those things that you're like, wow, there's people that actually are paying their money. You know, like I'm talking people that just donated two thousand um, dollars. Person that donated two thousand dollars, I met once, like stuff like that, where you're like, it was blew me away a bit to get that kind of support from people so and it's I mean it's just so it just makes it possible and I come back and it's like I haven't just burnt my whole savings like I've never come back and usually I'm over there I'm stressed about money it's like three weeks in and it's like I didn't have to stress I could just relax and enjoy the you know what I needed to and so it was that was huge with with everything as well getting that see and you've got this supportive if you're on say now mate yeah Yep, till so exciting, mate. I saw the uh, geez, the Instagram post went up a little while ago. Just about uh, took Instagram off offline for a few days. The uh, the amount of uh, likes that was going. On. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, yes, congratulations, mate. That's very exciting news. Nah, thanks, Zaka. Like, yeah, it's it's been going really well. She's a good girl. She's got a young boy, Lewis. So becoming the dad now so getting used to that he's just started calling me dad so getting oh, yeah, no, up but he's he's a massive cutie and yeah just excited for the next stage of that and blessed that she she let me go away for for seven weeks as well because i mean if it was the other way around i don't know if i'd be so willing but <laughs> you know she just, she just supports me lets me do it she's not really a big fan of athletics or you know she just supports me she'd have no idea what any time means but i guess that's <laughs> that's always good too a bit of fun to escape it Mate, you say that, but I reckon I saw on Strava you might have uh, you might have got Tilly out for a run. Yeah, no, nah, she's been doing she's been doing a little bit, so she's um 
wedding shredding at the moment. Yeah. So, but yeah, she goes, yeah. she goes all right. She doesn't yeah, think she does, but I was, I was impressed. A few finished in a five fifteen the other day, which um, yeah. it's um, it's good. Good stuff. What do you reckon, Chris? I we'll get uh, let Jimmy uh, attack some of these quick questions before we let him go. Yeah, I reckon he, he's definitely earned the right to um, have a at these ones, mate. Um, we'll see how we go, mate. I don't don't want to, I guess, ask you too many curly ones. We'll start off with yeah. a couple of easies. Hey, what sort of watch? Like you probably don't um, even have time to have a look at or even wear, wear a watch when you race, but when you're training, you're going with a Garmin or a Chorus or something else. I've always been a Garmin, but it hasn't been hasn't been great to me lately so oh what's if, happened if chorus threw me a free one i'd definitely be um <laughs> to try it out. you won't get one from apple because we've uh i've been absolutely bagging apple watches since uh yeah right well if you see my Strava, athlete mentioned it <laughs> if you see my Strava, i'm climbing 500 elevation every single run which looks good for me but <laughs> always a worry when you're climbing 500 elevation on the track mate that is a concern yeah, and then I start getting comments. Oh, wow, that's some impressive elevation <laughs> you did there, Jimmy. And I'm basically completely flat. So, oh, you know, no Pierce. You know Pierce, you don't. You? Yeah, yeah. He's at Garmin. Maybe, uh, maybe we need to shout Nate out to um get you, get you set up with a with a Garmin. Maybe not after that comment, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> get you get you one that's uh actually you know upgraded. We'll edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> so, my watch is great. <laughs> no, we love Garmin. We do. We do. Garmin definitely make the best watch on the market. Um, phones. What sort of phone have you got, mate? Apple iPhone. Yeah. No, good Easy. choice. Apple are for phones, not for watches. Um, favorite session that you've done lately? Favorite session. Uh, I've been enjoying, like it's an early season one, but. One, two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one, far left with same recoveries. Oh, nice. Just like a just like an early season one, just to build back in and um doing your ons at like probably ten K half marathon pace and then your offs at marathon pace. So I find What's your marathon pace, Jimmy? I don't know, Zach. Three thirty. I'll be interested to see this debut, yeah. <laughs> When's this happening? <laughs> Got any Def, I don't know. I, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any desire, especially after pacing um the oh, Sydney, Sydney 10K. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that just, I think, just made me realise there's no... I'm never going to be competitive at it, so... Uh, good stuff. I like that session. I so. might do a long run one time. <laughs> 42. But you do a fair bit of your training by yourself, and I know that you've spoken fondly of your training group here in Melbourne when um, when you're a little bit younger. But do you have a preference now, whether you're sort of running by yourself or with a with a friend or group? With people for sure, like hundred yeah. percent, so much better. Like I do, I do. Like I've got Dougie Hammer. Like I've got a lot of boys that do come around me quite a bit. But even when I got back from Europe, I was like, it's running is so much better when you got people around you, and it's just fun. I feel like there was a patch for me before I went overseas where I just didn't have anyone to train with and I just didn't enjoy it. So I'm going to really try to do that over the summer and even build more people around, you know, even if it's people of different abilities, I think just having someone there, just the energy is different mm. for me. 
it's funny because I'm very introverted. So like with people, it's the opposite. But like running, I'm just like I need people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm hearing you, mate. This does couldn't have said it any better myself. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah, like put me in a room full of people I don't know and I'm just looking for the exit or, or my phone just to try and distract myself. But yep. yeah, run, it's got to be, yeah, it's absolutely got to be with someone. So, no, it's I'm weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> hey, favourite running sock? Steigen. Yep. Do you have a particular colour that you wear? Steigen. Um, my favourite ones are the RunX Nutrition ones. Oh, oh, yeah. They're the black, black and green. Yeah. Yep. I, I have seen those. Yeah. Run X Nutrition white socks. So yeah, I, I wear them in most races. But beautiful sock and good electrolyte drink as well. <laughs> There's a plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the um, are you wearing socks with your spikes, mate? I do. Yeah, Chris. Yep. Yeah, yeah that, I've that always, was... I've always, I used to, but then um, I used to go barefoot, but it just doesn't feel right for me. No, that's all right. I was just interested. What that's about not, you? Uh, definitely socks. Um, I'm yep. lucky to even wear spikes at all, so um, I'm not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to abuse them um, with, without socks. I've seen, oh, I have seen a few instances of people without socks, and just the sight of blood coming out. Um, of the heels afterwards just is enough to put me off. So, yeah, no, it's definitely definitely socks for mine. Um, Favourite shoes at the moment, both for easy days. And I guess, look, you're, you've been exclusively in spikes for race days recently, but um, road racing shoe at the moment as well. What are we going with? Uh, well, I just got Super Blast the other day, my first time trying them, and they're probably the best shoe I've ever worn in terms of they're just so nice to run in just because you can run them in your long runs or your easy runs, but you just feel good. So they're like my favorite shoe at the moment. Um, Gel Nimbus just as like you go to. And then uh, racing shoes, the Asics Meta Sky. So um, I'm full converted. Mm, that's right. <laughs> Thoughts, no, that's Zach? A good selection, mate. No, big fan of the Super Blast. And obviously you're, a, you're an Asics man and you've got – yeah, very well. Um, and we love ASICs. They support us with uh, our athlete, our uh, coaches award every month. We've uh, we'll chat about that a little bit later. We we met one of a couple of the stars of that, uh, Chris. But mm. yeah, you're on the uh, you're on the good stuff there with the ASICs, mate. Yeah, like actually, I went into it to be honest, and I was like, I need to try this because I think everything was Nike, and yeah, like I'm really happy with them. Um, yeah, like kind really? of blown away. The Nimbus and stuff so comfy, and the Super Blasted just I've never ran in a shoe like that. Just overall, yeah. Any insights into next season's sort of track spikes or anything? Do you do you get access to sort of any new info that's come across your desk or? Yeah, so the so we just got the new MDs. So that I ran my fifteen hundred PB in those, and then we've got the LDs as well. So they've I don't know if they're officially out um like i think we got like the final copy of them or something but they're all pretty much like you can race in them now and they're on the list for it so i think the lds you'll be able to buy soon but the mds you can buy now and they're like they feel probably similar to like a nike air victory for anyone's that's that's wore those like the the victory elites the new 
Zoom victory, sorry. Good stuff. Yeah, last one for you, mate. This is probably the, the only curly one we've got, but I'm interested in this. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what are you going to choose? What are you oh, taking? Yeah. <laughs> Have you got a favourite that you cook or somewhere that you go? or Maybe a European um, galaxy bit... you got involved in over there. I'm feeling anxious. Like, maybe, maybe it's a big choice. Do you, yeah, do you still get like the calories not count when it's just your one meal. No, nah, mate, nah. you can eat this all day, every day. You can smash it to bits. Ice cream, then, like gelato. <laughs> Tub of Ben you and Jerry's. Ice cream for breakfast. Oh, ben and Jerry's best. Go. That'll just, um, that'll yeah, keep you going. Calories yeah. Don't count. Was that the post race uh, treat over in Europe? Bit of ice cream? Yeah, I love it. Like <laughs> post race, before race, <laughs> post training, <laughs> during the race. <laughs> That's um, uh, I love that. Is it what have you got? Like a top three flavors, or is it? It's the cookie dough, and that's it. Now, I love. I was loving a bit of stracatella over there. So that's like Ooh. the vanilla with a bit of bit of chocolatey stuff in it. And then, um, a technical yeah, term. probably like cookie dough, Ferrero. <laughs> you don't know what. And then, <laughs> and then a bit of then a waffle on the side. You can't beat a waffle oh, yeah. as well over there with a bit of Nutella drizzling yeah. over it. So that would get me going. Yeah. Thinking about that, a third lap. What's <laughs> that? <Yeah. laughs> Thinking about those waffles in that uh, Ooh, yeah. last three hundred. Oh yeah. Yeah. Love it, mate. No, we really appreciate you jumping on. It's uh, It's been really interesting to hear, yeah, just like from someone who's in the midst of it over in Europe, you know, peek behind the curtain. It's uh, it's always great when you come on and, and give us those insights, mate. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, good luck. What's, um, actually, just finally, yeah, what's, we're in, well, about, you better get into September. What's, what's on the cards for the rest of the year for you? So I'm just ha- like I had a bit of a break overseas and then I'm s- slowly building back in. Um, but I'm going to next race will probably be Bernie 10, I reckon. Mm-hmm. So get back into that and then it'll just be building from there. But I know I'm probably going to have to be looking at running well domestically this year as well. So probably be wanting to come out, hopefully, you know, do a 3K and a good 5K, I think. You know, I want to try to make Oceana Championships because that's going to be key for points. Yeah, you can have a three k in there as well. So I'm hoping like Mori Plan has a three k or something this year, and then if I can get one good five k during the domestic season, that will hopefully be a good good series of races. But I'm excited to get back on the roads. Yeah, on the roads, and then uh, yeah, we'll probably see you out at uh, a couple of Victorian meets, mate. We we'll catch up. For, a, uh, for an ice cream after. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome. <laughs> awesome, mate. Take care. Thanks again. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Heath, boys. I'll Thanks, speak to you yeah. soon. Pleasure. Always fun having uh, having our man Jimmy on. He's oh. just, mate, talk about down to earth. Like the guys, like, yeah, we just set off there. How bloody hard it is. Like just trying to, yeah, you just, you're just really, and I think he articulated really well how he's just, he's not going to leave it a stone unturned and he's, he's trying absolutely everything and he's going to, whatever happens, and I think he said, you know, if he makes a 10 or not, he's just going to know that he gave it 
110%. Not everyone does that. <laughs> no, and that's it. I mean, irrespective of ability, you know, whichever end of the scale you are, and look at in Jimmy's case, he's right at the pointy end. Mm. You know, he's out there absolutely chasing his dream and full credit to him. You know, he's giving it every ounce of energy that he's got. And yeah, it'd be it's going to be great following his journey over the summer and see if he can sort of get those qualifying times and yeah, whether he can um, get get the trip to Paris, that'd be really cool. I mean, obviously, the 1500's very competitive uh, for, yeah. the, for the men in Australia, so you're going to have to run very well. But, yeah, just to, even just to see his progress um, over the last 12 months, sort of going sub 340 and then to run a 337 um, in the last couple of months is absolutely huge. And, and as he said, he still thinks that he hasn't, um, quite knocked one out of the park where you know he's run a time that he thinks he's capable of. So, yeah, can't can't wait to see uh, how it all goes. Yeah, no, and it's just so open with his time and and yeah, just kind of a very likable guy. And he, um, and mate, we we're conscious that we've uh, we've gone a decent amount of time already, so we probably don't. It's hard to <laughs> off the back of that talking. A 1331 guy, you know, 337. It's sort of hard to go into our weeks and talk about running uh, 345. So, you're going to say, I'll work out, you know. <laughs> talk about it. Yeah, we're talking case because that's his 1500. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe let's um let's just just give a bit of an overview of how our training's going. But then mm. we can uh we can have a chat about Shepparton because we we're obviously out there together and we did. Uh, got to catch up and a number of runs BB legends and coaches and. But um, maybe I'll go first, mate. Just on my um, my overview of that week leading into the getting down to Shepparton, I hit uh, well, inclusive of Shepparton, I hit just bring it up. I think it's seventy odd k again. Mm, solid, seventy one k. So was yeah, consistently like knocking out those easy like I've like I've said week in week out. Just hit that 45, 50 minute. Day, some days better than others, but actually overall, again, just small, just just getting small wins with with the Achilles, and uh, I think the strength work, like it's just a slow process of just continuing, you know, to to stay stay on top of it. And I'm actually, you know, a couple of runs where I really felt good across the ground, and then a few where I was like, ah, oh, yeah, it's <laughs> just one of those days where it's just not coming out. But that happens when you, you know, whether you you got a niggle or not so but that was um into the saturday session so yeah had a message from jeffa again he said hey, mate, you want to... <laughs> he's loving your company at the moment oh uh, i think um he must be getting desperate i think that's <laughs> he just enjoys putting away and <laughs> putting me away but it was good fun we did five we went along the yarra again i improved my kit this time i had a bit yeah more. So I uh, still have the calf sleeves on, which is not, not a good look. But uh, anyway, I uh, actually, <laughs> it is funny. Like we warmed up with Al from his place. So we're jogging down the arrow towards to meet Jeffa and Al's had a niggle. Ben, ben Kelly, who runs for Glen Hartley, he's had a niggle. So I reckon we probably spent the first K just moaning about our aches and pains and our body and <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like the first K is never fun. Like, no, no, no. for you, you're probably, you're, what are you out the gates? Are you, no. or you're, it depends. Like, 
normally I will normally do a good sort of six to eight minutes of drills That's right. before I, I go. You so the hallway and you do your bloody all the strides and everything. Yeah, a bit of a bit of go. bit of um house parkour as well. <laughs> <laughs> just to just to get moving. But um yeah. no, I, I usually start anywhere between sort of 450 and five most days but if it's a really nice day maybe in the high 440s but that they don't tend to shift much from where we start yeah okay yeah what about what about yourself what was your first day with the boys uh it was let me it was a 529 (laughs) uh and that's down that's downhill that's downhill (laughs) yeah okay and that was not me that was actually i think I think it was Ben or Al or anyway, we were groaning about just all our aches and pains and it's um it's, yeah. The funny thing is is like we're actually you know jogging along, you know you've just you, you don't really care about your how uh your pace of your walk like or you don't actually have the any like ability is that just like a Bloke just went by us like we were standing still. And he looked, <laughs> <laughs> talk about covering the ground. Like he didn't look like he's covering the ground. But we all just looked at each other and gone, oh, geez, we, we are really struggling. Oh, None no. of us reacted. We just let him go. Like, you know, a few years ago, it would never have happened on our watch that someone who was, um, yeah, probably just battling along would just, just go past us. But we just, we're, we're at peace with just like, oh, well, that's just where we're at. We're holding banged up. We'll just we'll um we'll come good soon, and we did. We we got down to four fifty five. Oh, it's uh, all right. Yeah, no, it was uh, and then yeah, like session was fun. It was uh five ten five off ninety seconds. Oh, nice. What sort of efforts are we rolling for the fives and the tens? They're trying to sort of hit around that um three forty five for the fives, and then. Try and sit around that through or three fifties, I guess, in the ten, and then uh, the last five we we're going to push it down a little bit. But uh, obviously, Jeffer is a massive athletics nut and nuffy, so he'd been watching the world champs. So he spent the good part of the first rep giving me the breakdown of the eight hundred. From <laughs> and he chatting away full oh. analysis like it was like listen to, and i you know early on i could give him um give a couple of things back but like he's right into it i'm not an 800 meter enough nuffy and he obviously is <laughs> four olympics and uh he's well. just chopping names and this this tactic and that tactic this guy's gonna do this and anyway it's um yeah that was going for the first 10 minutes and I was slowly just starting to like give little less and less sort of uh even nods I was at that point I was just starting to heavy breathe but we did he did say like let's get the last five and we're going to work out like sort of get on the pace for three and then try and just push it down for the last two minutes and uh looking at the K like you know overall we were 345s for the session but the last K K six was three three twenty four. So cool. I knew, yeah, we got rolling, and yeah, that's that'd be the fastest K I would have done in a long time. So Mate, that's sizzling, especially given how you started out. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. So we, we definitely got rolling and I think fitness conditioning, like it's 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 coming along. Like you can feel just those you know, those runs through the week, you start to move across the ground a bit, you just get a little bit less tired towards the end of them, you know you, the strength is there and then in workouts it just yeah, you can sort of push the pace a little bit more and last for a, a bit longer. So I'm happy with that. And the the probably the best part about that was the next day. I know previously sort of Sundays I haven't been pulling up as well off these sessions, but mm-hmm. probably pulled up the best I had. So I obviously drove out to I had to drive out to Echuca to, to catch up with the with Brady and uh stay at his place before heading off uh to Shepherd in the morning. But woke up and it felt good and like whilst I could have run a bit longer, I just think I was already on the side of course. I was like, well, we've we've actually made some real progress through the week. Let's just mm. um pull it back a little bit, not get greedy and and it sort of worked out well, just jumping in and doing the 10K there. Um, we can talk about Shepherd and when you Go through yours. Um, oh, one other thing I mentioned on the tan just on the Saturday, running yeah. got to the corner and running down the hill was uh run to BB coach Chris O'Neill and hey. just hadn't let us know that he was in town. So Chris Chris O would run with us around the town when he's living in Melbourne, he's down in Ballarat, oh, week in, week out for a good part of five or six years, be part of the Monday, Wednesday, Friday crew. Did a lot of workouts with him and the timing was crazy because we don't usually, we're not usually there at like we have been the last two weeks, but generally not at the 10. He'd been at the footy. He'd had too many beers. So he ran it a little bit later and just the fact he'd running down the hill and he was just like, Oh, this is amazing. We're uh, Cause he's like, oh, I wasn't going to message you cause I wasn't sure what time I was going to get out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, got a good chance to, See, Chris, so he's back in full flight. I know he ran a couple of AV races. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's always good to catch up with, with Chris. So that was a bit of a star signing for me between uh, Jeff and Chris O'Neill. So um recent purchase from Chris O as well, new tracksuit, bit of tracksuit. Yeah, oh, yeah, he had the – um. jeez, they must be – yeah, he's doing all right. He was in the full tracksmith uh, setup. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, I think he's been getting tips off uh, – all reason, our man who uh, didn't enjoy some of your feedback uh, through the week. Uh, yeah, well, no. not so much your feedback, more your commentary on uh, on our man Manny Morgan's. It's been a bit of a turbulent week down in Tassie. We've seen a few few people not happy with uh, all reasons roast. Yeah, no, well, um, know that the air might be frosty down there. The tension is definitely <laughs> very high um, amongst it. <laughs> The running community, so um, certainly didn't mean to spark any fires, but yeah, I oh, know. Um... I actually did, so I was, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it was very much a purposeful uh, spray directed at, at, at Paulo. So <laughs> you just had a few drive-bys in there. Oh, well, it's, it's all all in good fun. We we love everyone <laughs> involved with us TV. But no, um, but, but yeah, both both Paul and Matt. Very, very um, well entrenched in the in the blue collar club. We were giving them a grade out of ten. That's just might be fractionally higher. That's all. That's all we were sort of hinting at. But that's okay. Moving right along there, mate. Or uh, <laughs> get a visitor. I'm just in, waiting uh, for the inbox to be flooded again this week. 
<laughs> Mate, your week. And mm. uh, yeah, it was it was race week in your local town. Yes. Uh, you obviously all eyes for, uh, for Burnley coming up this weekend. Yeah. So last week, the 72Ks, I think, for the week. Um, the focus for me for the week really was to try and get my athletes ready for Sunday. And um, I guess, you know, to, to that point, um, Anna as well. Um, and, you know, I guess that was, I just wanted to make sure she had every opportunity to do well. Uh, you know, we trained every you know pretty much every day together and knew that she doesn't doesn't get the chance to race very often so what with the weather looking pretty good um i guess the first part of my week was just yeah making sure that i guess yeah she was in the best shape possible so um yeah just easy runs for the most part tuesday um and i had a tune-up session so we did a 15 minutes threshy and then had a couple of minutes to sort of stand around and, and recover and then went into four by one minute strides after that. So session went really well. It was a great little confidence booster for Anna. Just shed a little bit of rust because she'd been away at the snow um, sort of leading in into Shep and hadn't really missed too much running, but it had a, a, big, a lot of skiing. So I think she did something like 80 or 90 kilometres worth of skiing the week that she oh, was geez. away. So um, yeah, it was good just to do a bit of faster running and, and shake the legs out. Um, but yeah, I think like most of her one minute efforts were in the low 320s, so she's mm. definitely covering some wheels, yeah. And no, I can absolutely and very good over the first 10 or 20. So, just once again, <laughs> I was finding I was playing catch up <laughs> off the back of those, so no, that was good fun. And then myself, I had my own session on Wednesday, so I had eight by a K in preparation for Burnley, uh, which is coming up on Sunday. So, last big session, sort of 10. 11 days out and um, yeah, really happy with how that went. So I ended up averaging 326 for the set. And Absolute belter of a workout, mate. Yeah, look, one of those ones, it's a, probably more like the pace is nice. I guess that's the thing that looks nice. But for me, I was probably happier that I didn't try and last these K reps. I think um, early on when you're sort of seeing the numbers on the watch, it can be a bit tempting to, go, oh, how quick can I do the next one? Whereas like, no, no, we just want to try and work within a certain effort range so that we're not destroying ourselves and um, can still recover from this over the course of the next 10 days. So to, I'd say it was an eight out of 10 session in terms of effort. And um, yeah, like the, the cool down was still, you know, I felt good and like I was covering the ground well, not sort of beat up and sort of dragged my butt back to the car <laughs> And needing to go home but um no really really happy with that um very positive looking forward to burnley this week interested to see how the body's gonna go like i don't feel like i've got any niggles and i haven't raced a half marathon since july of last year uh, when we went to gold coast so yeah looking forward to just finding Mate, out yeah i know i just um there is i mean a 1k session did light up your Strava, but there was another one that lit up your Strava was your Thursday loop run, which uh, cool. featured uh, cool. a bit of a warning message to <laughs> some of the people of, I guess, Kyala, really, and uh, yeah. well, um, beware of, of a Black Panther in the Sevens <laughs> Quick area. Yeah, and no, I've got to be um, certainly something to be wary of. <laughs> so this is great. We're running through Sevens Creek and um, 
it's a bit lighter than it would normally be or has been for the last few months, obviously, because we're getting closer to daylight savings. And um, normally most of the creatures that are around, um, we just don't see them in the dark. So ducks, birds, you name it, we don't see them. It's too dark. And we're just coming through this park in Seven Creeks and Anna was engrossed in the story that she was telling, which was actually quite good. It was about a show uh, called Wolf, um, which is on SBS Demand. Very, very fascinating show. Um, those that are into it will know what I mean. Don't need to give you a rundown on it now, but I was absolutely engrossed because um, we'd been, been talking about it for about five or six minutes already. And anyway, coming up to this little playground and Anna just screamed, like this blood-curdling scream. And I was like, shit, like I just panicked. And I screamed because she screamed. I'm like, <laughs> like is someone, has she seen something out of the corner of her eye? Like is someone chasing us? Did, I didn't know. And she's sort of taken off. Um, and mind you, like I, I've literally screamed at the top of my voice. I thought, shit, if she's um, panicked, then something bad's about to go down. What's happening? And I, like, I didn't know. I hadn't seen anything. And it, it turns out they sort of stop and turn around and this black house cat has just jumped out at Anna. So what had happened, she's running along and it's come out from behind a tree and sort of playfully um, jumped up off the ground and sort of gone to lunge at her. <laughs> and she thought it was going to crash tackle her and knock her over. And like She's got a bit of a fear of animals when we're on the run because um, it was only maybe 100 metres before then some ducks took off the path and we're both a bit petrified of them with their babies at the moment. <laughs> They'll get out and chase you. And so she was already a bit high on the tension state. So yeah. as soon as this cat's come out and lunged at her, um, like you didn't know what it really was because, I mean, black cat, it is a bit dark. But, um, yeah, we turned around. It, it was healthy. Like, I'm tipping it. It's a very healthy male house cat. Um, and it's just, when we turned around, it was just sitting there in front of a shrub, almost just looking at us um, with a sly look on its face, like, ha, I gotcha. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, literally both screamed at the top of our lungs. Um, it was quite like funny. people up? Absolutely. Like anyone in neighbouring. Yeah, well, um, it wasn't dark enough that people would have needed to really turn on their lights to see us out the front because I reckon we were both um, dressed pretty bright. But, um, yeah, I think anyone that was sort of half up definitely would have pulled the blinds open just to see what was going on out the front. Yeah, it was a bit, it was embarrassing. But, yeah, it was definitely very funny. We were laughing about it for, well, yeah, the, the next sort of three or four minutes anyway before we got back into the story. But, yeah, there is a panther on the loose. Um, out at Kyle Lake, so um, yeah, just be careful. Those, um, yeah, whoever's cat it is, very. I thought it was very funny, but um, yeah, that was the that was the tale of the Black Panther on Thursday. Um, yeah, nothing you like got a bit past of a the uh, a turn off to Kyle Lakes. I was up there. Yeah, well, um, definitely was go in there and do a hot lap or try and steal any segments, but I did drive past it. No, we, you missed out on a trip to the boat hand as well while you were here. But yeah. we, we are going to rectify that yeah, at some point. Yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, no, a bit of bit of Black Panther there on the on the Thursday. And then, yeah, 90-minute long run, so a bit shorter than I have been doing just to get ready for Burnley. But then, mate, Sunday. Sunday was the day. It was, Huge um, day. How, how was the conditions and the set? Yeah, great setup from Matt and the team. And, yeah, run to PB. Came out in force. We got the amazing hospitality of the Shepparton uh, Rug Club. 
um, runners club, like just the chance to to get out and uh, meet some of your athletes, Chriso, and just yeah, great vibes. No, it was it was a lot of fun. I think um, it was great to see so many runs PB athletes there. I think from memory, there was close to. Oh, when we, I guess when you factor in coaches as well, there was somewhere between 20 and 25 people that, that totaled total line across the the three events, uh, which was really cool. And then to, I guess, mix that in with the, the runners club as well, there was plenty of purple and gold out there. And it was great to be able to, I guess, share that space in the tent where um, people, you know, I guess we're still very much a, um, a very heavily rec running centred group at Shepparton um, where sort of park run is the I guess the focal point for a lot of our runners and must be said that the, the better of running podcast does do good numbers within the Shepparton Runners Club and I did have a couple of people go oh is that is that Zach and Newman from the podcast and like yeah yes that's Zach <laughs> so like oh wow he's come up I'm like yeah no Zach has come up <laughs> yeah so is that um, when I was setting the red carpet up for Brady to um Walk quite, on in from the inside running podcast. Yeah, the, quite uh, possibly. Like Brady's, Brady's got a different set of fans. Um, mm. so the probably the the runners club are more sort of better with running, whereas runs of PB are probably a bit of both. Um, very very familiar with inside running, but now Brady was there. Mads Madeline came up and was an absolute hit with everyone that she spoke to. Um, yeah, she, uh, uh, yeah, she's. So much fun and so, you know, for what she's done, you know, two-time Olympic finalist, like she's an <laughs> absolute gun uh, runner and now just loving being in the community, loving her coaching and, yeah, just oh. just cruised around and uh, got the casual win in the half. Just a casual win in, in 80 minutes. And um, I, lot, I had lots of good memories from Sunday. One of my favourites is you and Mads, come back over from grabbing a coffee, um, which took about 45 minutes to get said coffee. <laughs> Had to be very patient. And then um, gathered around and you've got this enormous hot dog covered in melted cheese and onion and it just smelled absolutely amazing. And then just getting flocked by run club people and run to PB and just posing for photos. And, <laughs> yeah, like it was just uh, like people like people from – runs PB asking for photos, then you asking some of the other athletes for folks to jump in for photos as well. Um, yeah, it was just really cool. I had a really nice vibe um, the whole day. And um, it's been a while since Shepparton's had a fun run. I think mm. back to 2020 since there's been any sort of fun run in town. So to see the best part of a 1,000 people across the two days participate is great for, for Matt and the, the Fit City team. Yep. But... Um, yeah, it was just it was nice to have a, a regional fun run up and yeah. happening and that's what I liked about yeah. it. It was a really good like regional grassroots, great intro to for people who, yeah, like you said, maybe have gone from park run and I was like, okay, this is a little bit more serious. It's not too intimidating. And yeah, it was so inclusive and like hats off to to yourself and obviously like, you know, the uh, the chef and runners club, like they what you guys are doing up there is is really like it's it's to see it in the flesh because I obviously have seen it from afar, seen it online, seen your sessions, seen your seen what you've done, but to see how like 
positive and inclusive and just happy runners. Like they just really get around each other. You can sense it and you just, you know, it's no way it goes. People just there and they're just, they're trying their best. And it's, um yeah, it's, it's really, really cool to um to see that, mate. So uh, the hat's off to to the club and, and yourself and the, and the hard work you're doing. And we got to see it um, yeah, up there and also see you on the bike, mate. That was a bit of a shock. I, Cause I was out there running, uh, obviously 10 just cruised around sort of my easy run. And I was, uh, I was looking for you. I got back and uh, I did ask someone, I said, oh, is Chris, does Chris actually live in Shepherd or is this just sort of a, <laughs> cause you know, this is his home event. I haven't seen him out here, but uh we did see you and you came over. You were, um, was that your bike or was it a, a borrowed bike? No, so I borrowed Anna's bike. Uh, <laughs> so we had a bit of a chat during the week. Go, hey, it's it's your home race and I'm not going to be running. What's you know, what can I do to try and support you? And sort of came up with a bit of a plan like, hey, what about if I get out on a bike and um, try and do some drinks? And um, oh, that's a great idea. Like, yeah, that'd be awesome if you could. And like, yeah, I've just got one problem. I don't have a bike. <laughs> so um, yeah, like I said to Anna, like, hey, do you reckon I could borrow yours? Because um, her husband Alex and her two boys, their plan was to ride their bikes around and also um get out and, and support Anna as well. So um, certainly couldn't pinch Alex's bike or, or anything like that. And the boys are both very young, so I don't know how they feel about borrowing. Their, their bike but um no and it, and it was gracious enough for me to borrow her mountain bike and um alex adjusted the seat and um made sure it was in mint condition um looked like it had been freshly cleaned and the tires were all pumped up and, and ready for action on the sunday so no, very thankful to both anna and alex for all their help um, getting the bike ready i even went and bought myself a bike helmet mate because it turned out uh, I don't have a bike. I didn't have a bike helmet either. Part, mate. I thought. Uh, I reckon. Uh, I reckon in June, July next year, I'll be we'll be on the Zoom. You'll be somewhere in France in the tour, and I'll be uh, back here in Melbourne. Mate, I'll be um yellow jersey, yellow jersey on. <laughs> um, I, it's funny. I still have a pair of bike, like proper bike shorts from when I was riding a bike a few yeah. years ago. So they haven't found their way to. St. Vinny's as yet, but that's pure out of pure laziness more than anything else. So um, bike riding might just be a once a year thing in late August <laughs> when the Shep running festival's on. But now I got out on the bike and um, that was a lot harder on the quads than I anticipated, to be fair. There was a bit of residual fatigue, but turns out after I rode from home uh, down to the lake and then rode around and then rode back to drop the bike off. I did cover the best part of 30k on the bike. So right. um, that does, does explain it wasn't on the plan in terms of taper, but not like the legs are feeling good now. But no, I had a ball. It was great. I think um, by being out there on course, I was able to, I, was, I spent a bit of time getting out in front of Brady's group and they'd sort of come through and you cheer them on and then you sort of, I had um, Vic who was running the marathon, so I was able to see a fair bit of him on that first lap and then Anna would come through and I'd throw her a bottle and then sort of cycle to the next point on the course and it sort of try and collect the bottle. And there was a, a couple of decent stretches where I was actually able to, I guess, get on the path and just follow her around from behind, which is awesome. I think um, one of the really tough things as a coach and where I get really nervous for my athletes on race day is you just don't really know how they're going until they cross the line. 
And the amazing thing on Sunday was actually just to be there and um, almost live it and see how it was going and just to see how strong Anna was and, and all, like a lot of my other athletes, um, Dan Casey came over from Machuca and he ran a PB and, and he looked really good for the majority of the half marathon um, as well. Vic ran a great marathon. And Ryan from Sydney, who we had on recently, mm. who's... um. Shout yeah. out, I, um, I miss Ryan. I had to get back on the road. I had to get to something. And, uh, yeah, I, I reckon I'd, uh, I, I just didn't get a chance to catch up with him. But uh, I saw he ran a big PB. Big PB. Um, had such a great time. The Apple Watch is no more. Um, funnily enough, he's watched I it. had a message. I had oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's watched it itself after about 4K. And he reckons I've got a bit of pull with Apple and just tried to deliberately make that happen. So, um, but poor bugger, he lost his earpods while he was out running. They just bounced out and into the into the grass. And oh. rather than go back and look for him, he kept on running. And then lo and behold, about 300 metres later, um, he's got to the section that just goes under a little um, bridge. And there was a black snake just um, wriggling its way across the path. Oh. So um, he's busy. Yeah. yeah, it was a good little heart starter, sort of around sort of 32k into the marathon. Um, certainly didn't need that, but um, no, he, um, he, he ran, a, ran a big PB. But no, it was a day that I'll look back on really fondly just to be around that many people. And Anna ran a massive PB. She took, um, you know, the best part of a minute and a half out of her, her time. She hit a goal. Um, it was just, yeah, that was really cool just being able to celebrate with her. Phil, um, who you're a big fan of, who is the going to say you're talking about those club, those yeah. photos before, and you're sort of uh, putting a bit of mail on it. People actually wanted a photo with us. People who wanted a photo with the queue was for Phil, and mm. Phil was <laughs> the man of the moment. And I got a chance to have a really good chat to Phil. Um, we imagine I were actually basically chewing his ear off, basically mm. picking his brain, just saying how the how are you. Like, how do you been able to do this? And, you know, he, he did give us a few tips. He said that uh, he doesn't eat takeaway. So no. take that one off the list. Uh, he's been running for the good part of 45 years, he said. like, And just the camaraderie and getting out the door and just the fact that he was talking about the muffin breakers. And yeah. said, <laughs> yes. uh, he's, uh, uh, he loves just getting out there and the coffee is the best part. But uh, just getting out the door is the key. And, yeah, he's, he's bloody inspiring to chat to and so switched on and just, uh, yeah, a couple of gays. I think he, he was sort of saying he has more hair than me and uh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> so he's doing well, Phil. He, you would, he is just smooth. Like we all watched him come in and we're just like this. He's moving well. Yeah. Two hours and seven minutes for a half marathon at, uh, yeah, 81 is just crazy i just thought it was amazing and um to see him come in i it was it was a bit surreal i'd sort of taken a, a very half step back off the fence because i was trying to get some photos and i sort of follow him into the finish and i look over my shoulder and here's mads mads has got her phone out and she's videoing mm. him into the finish because <laughs> yeah. she's just blown away by this guy mm. who um is just you know is a phenomenon he absolutely is and i don't think i'll get any um pushback from anyone at the runners club like he's by far and away the most popular person at the whole club <laughs> everyone just absolutely loves phil so 
He um he's good on the banter. He um he certainly gives a fair bit and he doesn't mind copping a bit back. But <laughs> he um he was in some of his best form there on Sunday, just um sharing a few jokes and yeah. um ha- having a laugh and posing for a few photos and, and just passing on a bit of sage advice. So mm-hmm. no, and then um he, you'd think on oh, you know he's probably a bit tired post post half, but no, he was there till the best part of midday, just still getting around and seeing how mm. everyone went and um, yeah, wow. yeah, just getting stuck in different conversations. <laughs> and he had about four different conversations all on the go at once. So um, <laughs> no, he's a man he of the was, people. He was a man of the people, mate. Uh, as we've sort of blended into this little around the ground segment, obviously we put up a big post on Monday, I reckon, when we collated all the results and geez, the, uh, the bell, bell emoji got a uh, absolute... Uh, mapping because uh yeah and, and i thought chris so we might highlight a few just some of the guests have been on and, and maybe there's a bit of a correlation there with um coming on coming on as a guest you uh you get a pb absolutely i think um let, let's start with <clears throat> special guest co-host laura curlin mm. 54 minutes she carved out of her marathon PB. And you think, yeah. oh, well, maybe she ran a crap one first up and just got it right. No, no, no. Laura, Laura ran 3.15 on the weekend. And not only did she run 3.15, but she also finished second overall, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a phenomenal effort. And I'm sure Laura won't mind me saying this. Poor bugger, she dealt with migraines all week to the point mm-hmm. where on Saturday um, she got rushed to... Um, footy oval on the Saturday for a treatment from one of the trainers just to try and ease oh. the pressure in her neck and her back so that she could just see. And, that is um, not the thing you want the weekend, the day of, day before a marathon is dealing with that. You know, it's a stressful time as it is, you know, the taper, getting rest, wanting to feel good for the next day and then you cop a migraine that's uh, over the, you know, couple of days leading in. That is, uh, that's a huge run to... Um, Put that aside and be able to, to go out on three hours fifteen. Oh, mate, it's absolutely event. nuts. I think yeah. um, like if so much to and Laura will hopefully have on very shortly to mm. um to unpack it all. But in a snapshot, I remember running with Laura um earlier in the year, and she said like her big goal was to try and break four hours for the marathon yeah. because she'd gotten close. Um, mm. so she'd ran about four ten previously. She wanted to break four hours, and then as it got maybe a month out from Shep, she's, she mentioned, oh, maybe I might aim for 3.30. And then here we are. Like, she just goes and drops the 3.15. And, um, you know, the, she could barely even see on Saturday, let alone. Mm-hmm. She wasn't. She really wasn't that confident that she'd even make the start line. So, yeah, very happy for Laws to, to go and knock that one over. But, um, mate, the, the, the list goes on. So, I mean, Ryan Cook took three minutes out of his PB at 3.38 and um, got to go and sample some of the so and voted best vanilla slice in Australia, the Northeast oh. Bakehouse. Um, yeah, very happy about that. Filled up on that on Monday for his recovery. But, mate, three-minute PB for Ryan. Anna, who um, gets a regular mention every week because she's my best mate. Well, she she got a... He ran a 90-second PB. Um, Kate Dayton, who we had on last year as an interviewee, she ran, a, I think, a four-minute PB in the half. Um, Nick McDermott came along, had a good he run. He was doing a part of his long run, old Nico. He did. 
yeah, mate, how about the kit? He had the the matching socks. He always mm-hmm. looks um, million dollars, Nico. We had a chance to, to actually catch up with him and his mate, uh, Adam Barker, who got a shout out when Nico was on the podcast. He won mm-hmm. the half. And, he did. Uh, 76 minutes for the win. And uh, he's a Mentone Athletics Club member. Bit of a listener to the podcast. So uh, that was cool to, to meet Adam. Mm, it lives in Kilmore, so and um, drove up with Nick, mm. uh, all to Shepparton, but lives in lives in Kilmore. Possible Bendigo back next year because that's it's a little bit closer to the Mentone. Uh, you but, can't um, get a trade. I've already mentioned uh, Melbourne Uni to him, but I think he was pretty pretty heavily contracted at Mentone. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, Nick Nick is doing some groundwork there just to try and swing him across, but um. No, nah, it's it great to catch up with him as well. He's a he's a big fan of the podcast, Zaka. Does uh, does get around. There was another guy out there, Jared uh, Byrne, who was running with Brady. Uh, I think he ended up doing just a half. I don't know if he planned to go longer and just got a bit sick of hearing Brady's voice. <laughs> <laughs> he spoke for three hours, and uh, there was people in that pack that. Were you know trying to just get into flow state, just cruise along, and they had uh had a live podcast in their uh in the pack. I want to say that's that's exactly what was going on because every time <laughs> I'd catch that group and they'd go past, people would be asking different questions, and Brady was just like Brady looked a million bucks as he always does, oh, yeah. but he was running super comfy, just chatting away. Anyone that had any questions, like he was all over it. Um, <laughs> And actually, it was a live Q and A, yeah. It was. It literally was. It was a forty-two live, forty-two kilometer <laughs> live Q and A. Um, and I actually do want to give Brady a bit of a shout out because he did go essentially to go and do his long run amongst the marathon and get out amongst the people and, and support the event. Mm. Um, you know, he's running along sort of a bit quicker, and then he dropped like a three fifty and a three forty after about twenty k, just to see how the body was going, and then. Um, he ran with James Howe uh, for, did, the, yeah. for the last sort of like 15 or 17K and, and helped him um, finish his marathon off. So, yeah, it just, it just goes to show what a good quality bloke. I mean, it's never in doubt, but, yeah, if anyone was ever wondering, you know, and James isn't a run-to-PB athlete. He's mm. just, um, you know, he's a, I've met James a couple of times. He's a great yeah, bloke. Yeah, terrific bloke, yeah. Um, yeah, for, you know, Brady sort of, con- you know, having a good chat to him in, Along the run and go, yeah, you know what? I'll um, I'll just I'll back my run off and I'll I'll help you get into the finish line. Oh, that was really cool to see. So, yeah, no, he doesn't stop Brady. He is uh, <laughs> him in full flight. <laughs> so with the kids that uh pre race uh, on the Saturday, he's uh he's an energizer, funny not old Brady. He's uh just going at a million miles an hour between his uh all things he's doing and uh yeah. Just balancing it, balancing it so well. Hey mate, um Shepherd and we yeah, we we touched on some of those. Obviously there was yeah, a good part of like 15, 20 up there running Shepherd and but around the rest of the country there was um a oh. bunch of events going on. Uh, obviously in Victoria there was a Sandy Point, the Castella run. Over in Adelaide there was a marathon going on. We had a few going there. WA had the City of the Surf. Tassie had a glow run. There was an ultra stage race in uh, the Northern Territory. 
park runs, New Zealand, like the big, um, big weekend. Oh, cross country nationals. Yeah, there was uh, our man Jerry, Jerry Neng, who uh, coached by Isaac Hockey, debut in the under 20s nationals, had a great run. Uh, yeah, just mixing it up with the, the best kids in the country. And uh, he finished 60th, and uh, it's just really cool photos of him. Uh, he got, got the talk about kit, mate. He uh, had the headband going, he was uh, looking a million dollars. Good no. Melbourne Uni uh, athlete there as well. He is no lovely, lovely young man, Jerry. I remember meeting Jerry for the first time at Bandura last year, and then the second time I really got to see him on course um, was at Bandura this year and absolute mm. legend out there shouting the name out plenty of encouragement so no it's good to see he's um he's running really well he would have absolutely loved the opportunity to head up to Stromlo and you know just run on some run on the same course as some absolute lord you know royalty I think Jack Rayner took out the the men's race there and you know Jerry's out there with some of the best kids in the nation mm. um so yeah, no, very excited for him. Chris, so just um, obviously it's a massive winner. We just we'd be here all night if we went through every individual. Mm. Result. But the, just to continue on that thread of uh, guests that have come on that competed over the weekend, uh, Lee, I saw at Sandy Point our man Liam, Liam Beecroft, fourteen twenty eight. When yeah, looking very good towards Melbourne. Um, mm. That's a very solid hit out there. Like, not sure if that was um like full on race or if there was a bit of sort of marathon specific stuff going on in there. But he he's looking really good. He's bounced straight up after Gold Coast, and he, he always looks extremely fit. But he is he is a very fit man at the moment. Yeah, I think there was a um I reckon sole motive of uh, sort of um, put his mug on uh, the website front page there's a billboard going up uh, over here that's what's coming across my desk very understandable so, um, very yeah. understandable there was a great line from him though uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't follow Liam Beecroft um, he is a, he's he's a man to follow on Strava mm, if you don't you should I can't believe Strava is still free and he provides free content yeah you just get a, on board just a uh, do you reckon as he's running some of these quite uh, these descriptions and captions come to mind? He, he just to, to back back, yeah, he was Sandy Point half fifth. That was his title. The caption was "Call me Australia Post" because all I do is uh, f and send it <laughs> and arrive late. So, <laughs> so maybe you did try to uh put it in the post box and it's uh it's gone to the collection depot for uh <laughs> oh, mate Liam, but uh cracking uh and uh, <laughs> he just continues it like you know someone's there's like eight comments and he just thanks team welcome to my regression era <laughs> but uh no he's got a great sense of humor uh of Liam. Uh, no, he does. We love him. I hope. I hope we can get him back on before Melbourne. That would be great, mate. We can't. We, yeah, if we don't get him back on, he'll be in the comedy festival. Uh, <laughs> I'll be buying. We can't get him. I'll be buying tickets to that. <laughs> uh, uh, there was a couple others quickly that uh, we were going to mention that were past guests. Anna Alice, mm, Anna, Sandy Point, the half, another podium, ready for Melbourne. 
Close mm-hmm. by Sammy. 121.38. Yeah, on the podium. So uh, very cool to see the bass. Uh, and Archie Payne. Archie, and yes. Andy. Young yes. Archie. Young Archie. PB over the 8K, 30.13. Doing great things down there, Archie. I know we've uh, spoken about him and he's uh, raised money for MND before. And, yeah, great. Uh, Great young fellow. And finally, another guest we've had on was uh, going around to the park run. Catherine Clark, 25.06 for a new PB. Man, that's a massive PB. So Kate, she's absolutely thrilled with that. Took the Endorphin Pros out for their first little oh. race. And um, big fan, absolutely loving them. So she she done just the one. Well, she had a couple of runs in them and, First run didn't go that well, but the second run she was starting to go, oh, yeah, actually these might be all right. And then um, absolutely blasted a new PB and um, loves the shoes now. So very happy uh, with that. But, um, no, that was a great result for, for Kate. No, it's – and you're influencing, obviously, there with the uh, the Endorphin Pro call, I reckon, for so. It's, uh, no, it's, it's so cool to see. So you follow along, like obviously hearing the interviews and, and those athletes and like Catherine and, and all those names in there, you see just continually seeing their results and the progress they're making. It's, uh, you know, it's from, uh, from our perspective, it's, uh, it's really cool to see that. And, uh, uh, that's it. We, we love it. And obviously there is a direct correlation between running a PB and, or running very well and coming on the podcast. So yeah. Anyone that's got any goals coming up, any goal races, <laughs> um, give us a DM. We can get, get you on. You can do the quick questions and have some laughs with us. And, um, yeah, like, uh, mate, watch this space for, for Porsche for her next yes. race. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guaranteed sure. PB. Guaranteed PB. Mate, uh, it's been a big show. I think we'll leave it there. We, uh, we'll give the world record chat a break. I know a few people are still, um, still coming to terms with <laughs> last week's phenomenal performance from our man over in uh, Edmonton. So we'll let people still um, catch their breath on the world record chat. Yeah, I know um, Brady was a big fan of world record chat last week, so he'd be disappointed that it's not in. But um, so <laughs> Was he a fan or was uh, – yeah, I understand he might have scared you when you got a message from, from the big boss and uh, obviously head of content podcast, uh, Brady. So – you know when you get a, a formal message, dear Chris and Zach, yeah. Yeah, you, you know you could be in a bit of trouble. <laughs> yeah. No, I must admit, I, I actually uh, did feel a bit of a shiver go up the spine and think that my employment might have, may have been in jeopardy. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that he did see the funny side of it. Yeah. Um, but, yes. There was uh... I'm off the top rope early. I did see you were questioning, um, yeah, sort of our direction we were taking of the show. So uh, we'll, we'll have a bit of a break. Hopefully, he's, um, yeah, he's not listening to this part. But uh, yeah, we're just we'll trying to get just trying to get world record chat actually cleared so that um, it is allowed to come back <laughs> on for future episodes. Otherwise, but yes, it's just having a temporary holiday. At the moment. Awesome, mate. Hey, uh, I'll see you this Sunday, Burnley. Yes, Burnley. Burnley. I'll be there. I'll be jogging around. I'll be on course. I will see 
number of runs for athletes going around, some coaches towing the line, including good self. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady's running. Brady's going to be at my joint um, this weekend, and uh, who we get ready. So, nah, it's going to be cool. Oh, Gemma will be out there. I think Gemma, Gemma uh, Mattress would be, he's still recovering from his, oh, his knee surgery. So I reckon he'll either be out, or probably be with Ollie on Ollie duty. Uh, either that or on the bike or just watching. So, yeah, it'll be good to catch up. No, I believe um, Mads is going to come down for a bit of a look as well. Yes. Yeah, I think she's got a pacing job lined up. Uh, I think she's pacing a dentist. So uh, ah, Mads okay. being Mads is um, <laughs> friends with everyone. And uh, I, the, um, I don't know if it's a contra deal or whatever, but uh, she's going to pace him for a 90 minute, I believe. Maybe a little bit quicker. Yep. So yeah, no, nah, it's going to be a fun, uh, fun Sunday, mate. Rest up, get into that taper, and uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing you rip it up. Uh, be good fun, mate. I might might be able to get you on the bike to do some drinks for me. Yeah, okay. You, yep, that could be. I don't know how <laughs> reliable I am with um, riding and and <laughs> drinks, but potentially I'll, I'll be actually monitoring Steve Lane, Kiwi Steve, our man, who. Uh, there is a bit of a side bet going with Steve. Yeah, okay. Uh, a pretty contentious one that draws uh, a lot of chat. I'll, I'll, I'll divulge a bit more next week. But, yeah, uh, okay. If you see Steve out there, please cheer him on because I need him to, to run well. Yeah, okay. That's <laughs> all. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Um, yeah. Might see if we can bribe him with some goody-goody gumdrops ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Whilst we're out there. Um, no, Jimmy was a fan of the ice cream tonight. So hopefully um might be enough to get Kiwi Steve over the line for for the result that you need on the Let's weekend. Let's hope so, because I really don't know if I backed the wrong horse here. All right, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, mate. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll chat soon. We'll chat again next week. No, it sounds good. See you, mate. See you, mate.